Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Today, dads, it, it is your day for all of you that are here. Thanks for being here. I, I know sometimes if a dad gets a chance to do his own thing, well, he may skip church. Huh? And that's, that's okay. You know, if, you're, if you catch this podcast or you're watching this later, Dad, it's okay if you skipped. I know. I love you. Yeah. But for those of you that are here, uh, as I was thinking about it today, you know, one of the things that... Now, obviously, for me, you know, my testimony is a little different. I, I, I didn't have a dad in my life. You know, Mom did both roles. But, but having this understanding, the one thing that stands out to me from a dad's perspective is their display of strength. And so I thought that it would be a perfect opportunity for us today to talk about being strong, living strong in the Lord, yielding to the influence of our Father. How many of y'all believe God is strong? Yeah, he is, absolutely. And one of my favorite patriarchs, as I begin to think about this subject today for Father's Day about living strong, about being strong, I begin to think about uh, the patriarch Abraham. You know, this guy, the Bible actually makes it very clear in the book of Romans that he grew stronger in his faith in the course of his journey. And, and that's the thing, when, when you get that picture, so when you choose to live, and this is what Abraham shows us, and we'll look at this passage in just a second, but when you choose to live not based on what you see, but based your, your, you base your life on what God says. Is that, is that radical to think that way? I, I think God wants us to think that way. This is what Abraham did. And the Bible tells us that as he grew stronger in his faith, him growing stronger in his faith actually gave glory to the Father. You see, for you and me today, as we willingly sometimes put our agenda aside and we pursue the things of God. It glorifies the Lord when we step out in faith and we actually, are you ready for this? Trust him. You know, because what I've discovered in, in my journey is, man, if I can do it, well, then I, Eric, I can do it, man. You know, I don't need God's help. I got this. Chris, I got it. But how many of you know that God doesn't want you to have it? He wants to be the El Shaddai of your life. He wants to be involved in every part of your life. He wants to be able to express his nature and personality and, and, and reveal his power in and through us. And so through the life of Abraham, as we start our talk, I want to go to Romans chapter 4. And you, you guys know I talk about Abraham all the time. But I found this passage in the message paraphrase. And I, I really thought the wording was fitting for today because, you know, I don't always agree with the message, but man, there are times when it fits perfectly. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul, Romans 4, 16. This is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely, watch this, on trusting God and his way. Entirely. Now, like I just said, we're, we're not there yet, are we? We trust God in portions of our life, but in other things, yeah. He said it depends entirely on us trusting God in his way and then simply embracing him and what he does. God's promises arrive as a pure gift. 
That's the only way everyone can be sure to get in. Those who keep the religious tradition as well as those who have never heard of it. Now, you have to understand something. At this time of this writing, the Apostle Paul, is, he's, in, is, he's in Rome and he's, he's dealing with one of the most religious assaults that he's ever faced in this city. From the, from the, the, the old way. The Pharisees and that religious law. Paul is flipping the church upside down, telling people that you no longer have to live by the law. Now you believe in Jesus. And, and I mean, he has turned this city upside down. And so he's trying to reach both groups of people. And so he says, regardless of which one you're of, for Abraham's the father of us all. He's not just a racial father. In other words, he's not just, it's not just for the Jews. It's for everyone today. And that's why he says that now Abraham is our father in the faith. So we call Abraham, watch this. We call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint. I do that. Well, that was a joke, but evidently. So <laughs> because listen, a lot of us, we think that. I'm telling you as a pastor over the years, some, uh, some of the people that I've encountered, you actually think that. Well, I've, 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 I've arrived, Reverend. I got my name on the pew. I'm an elder at the Running for Jesus Everyday Tabernacle. No, no, Paul wants us to understand that it's of faith that these things happen. We call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made him, so, watch this, God made something out of Abraham when he was nobody. He'll do, he'll do that for each and every one of us should we choose to believe and trust him. Isn't that what we've always read in the scriptures? God saying to Abraham, I said you, I set you up as a father of many people. Watch this. Abraham was first named father, then became father because he dared to trust God. See, this is the thing, you all. There are things in the scriptures. Let me just ask it like this. How many of you all have found something in God's promise that he said about you that you don't see yet? How many of you are believing for something in, that, that, that you've, you've embraced a reality from the scriptures, a revelation that God has put on your heart that you can do, you can be? But you're not walking in it yet. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. See, sometimes like Abraham, discovering what is next for us is simply that decision to trust God to do what he says, regardless of our situation. But I am telling you, situations speak very loudly sometimes. Circumstances, difficulties, challenges. See, at some point... When it comes to a life of faith, when it comes to living strong, being strong, sometimes you have to stop analyzing everything that God tells you through your intelligence. God will say things. If you spend any amount of time in the word of God, it will mess with your head sometimes. They do radical stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was reading... You know, I've got this one-year Bible that I, I like to go through in the mornings. I'm spending my time there, and I'm reading about the prophet Elisha. I can relate to Elisha. The cool thing about it is this. He was bald-headed. 
So I'm already in good company, right, Derek? I know a few years ago, there was a bunch of us guys. We were standing out in the parking lot, and we were all bald. It was me and Zach and Derek. I don't know how many were there. And somebody said, is that what you got to do to be part of this group? I said, yeah, that's, that's one of those cult symbols that we have. You got to be bald. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I know some of you, some of you fighting the good fight. You're hanging on with everything. You got two little, two, little guys. <laughs> you know, can't everybody have perfect hair, you know? And then some of you that do have perfect hair, you're trying to do something silly with it, like grow a mullet. <laughs> oh, don't give him a hard time, y'all. He's, he's going through a mid-age crisis right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? See, I have to be careful because he's back there on his production right now. He, he could just kill the video feed. <laughs> See, Abraham was first named father, then he became father. He became what God told him, and he did this by daring to believe what God said. One of the things I've discovered over the years is that people who are successful in their journey of faith, here's a reality for some of you today, they are on purpose about it. Now, that, when I say on purpose, that doesn't mean that you are so serious that no one wants to be around you. You ever met that person? I mean, they're serious about Jesus, bless God. I'm like, man, lighten up a little bit. You're going to heaven. But they're just wound a little bit tight. One, one more twist on the rubber band and snap. Huh? I think sometimes, you know, I really believe in the culture that we're in today, I really believe that what the world needs to see in us is just a little chill. We need to relax a little bit. If we honestly do believe God's got us, if we do believe that God is stronger than anything and he lives in us and empowers us and leads us, our steps are ordered by him, his favor surrounds us like a shield. If we actually believe this stuff, then chill out just a little bit, man. Yeah, but they're trying to do some radical stuff in our community. I know, but you know, you can't, it's not like turning a sports car. Sometimes it's like turning a cruise ship. It's going to take a little time because the church was on vacation for too long. But we're not anymore, so chill out. Yeah? We have to let the Holy Spirit help us develop this strong, this no-quit faith attitude. Because sometimes, you see, Abraham didn't get it the first day, the first week, the first year. He was on the 10-year, the 15, he was on the, you know... It was, a, it was a lengthy plan that God had Abraham on. In our society today, we're so used to just clicking a button and finding information and finding out things, throwing something in the microwave, going through the drive-thru, and we just get it, get it, get it, get it. But God is an eternal being. And there are things that he's working on in your life that, that if he were to give you the whole thing now and tell you to do it, you would fail miserably. And he's not going to set you up for failure. He's going to feed you line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. He's going to grow you. How does the kingdom of heaven work? Everything about the kingdom of heaven works this way. It's as if a man sows a seed and first the blade, then the ear, then the full crop in the ear. you got some growing to do, man. Okay? So allow the Holy Spirit to help you develop. So that you are growing stronger in your faith. Um, uh, Paul says in Ephesians 6 that we are to be strong in the Lord and in his power. N not your own abilities. Be strong in the Lord. 
Remember when we talked about Abraham, if you go back and look at a few verses later in chapter 4 and verse 20, the Bible says that Abraham never, uh, Jaden, I'm not there yet. I can't say that I've never doubted God. Anybody ever doubted God? <laughs> Abraham, this is a bold statement. Abraham never doubted God or questioned his promise. And his faith made him strong. I'm going to flex it like, don't do that again. His faith made him strong. Watch this. And he gave all the credit to God. See, Abraham chose to live based on what, he, you know, what God told him, not, not on what he saw. He, he, he chose to believe what God said. If you go read that story in Romans 4, the Bible actually tells us that Abraham refused to consider his circumstances. Now, let, let me say something here because I need to talk to all the charismaniacs for a minute that want to quote this scripture. He didn't deny the circumstance. There's a big difference, okay? He didn't deny it was a reality. He didn't deny the situation he was in, but he refused to consider that. All he would think about, all he would, all he would talk, him and Sarah. I mean, my man's 100 years old. He's sitting on the rocket chair in front of the tent. Sarah, let's have a kid. God said so. Yeah, I know we laugh today. Listen, if, if, I'm, if I'm 100, I don't want no baby. <laughs> That's a, a, baby, a lot of work. Trevin, baby, a lot of work. <laughs> they, they're getting ready to have their first, so I'm excited for them. Yeah, watch this. Abraham, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't go down that road. And the thing is, what happened is, as he refused to look at the, uh, the, the circumstance, the situation, and he just stayed focused on the promise, it resulted in him growing stronger in his faith, and we are talking about him today. The Bible actually refers to him as the father of faith. And if Abraham can grow stronger in his faith, I submit to you, we can grow stronger in our faith. Yeah? Listen to what God tells us in the book of Galatians, chapter 6. Don't get tired of doing what's good. Now, how many of you have been there? Lord, I've, Lord, I've been doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Most of the time. Well, Jesus said nobody's good but the Father, so we're not good all the time. He said, don't get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't quit, if you don't give up. So don't quit. One of the things I'm hoping that you leave here today with this Father's Day mentality, this strong spirit is a no-quit attitude. No matter what somebody says or does to you, no matter how many times doors get shut in your face, you don't quit. That's the thing that you've got you've to have this mindset. See, the truth is, until we're willing to believe God no matter what, until we get to the place where we're unwilling to quit, I can't help but wonder, Tim, if we're doing more wishing than believing. See, when we get to the place where we actually believe God, then you're not shaken as often. The enemy can't pull the rug out from under you as quickly. He can't shake you with a, another circumstance and get you to question God. Because like Abraham, you find yourself at this place where you're walking by faith, not by Sight. You find yourself at this place where you're fully convinced that what God said he's going to do, he's going to do. What we have to realize is that 
this Christian life, this life of faith, uh, you know, we have to base it on what God tells us. And I can tell you this, faith, Bible faith, it demands action. Faith without works, useless. And sometimes that action will be right in the face of challenging situations. Right in the face of things that may be uncomfortable to you. You ever been there? Yeah, like Abraham, you're believing God for something that he's promised you, but you don't see the result yet. Listen to what the Apostle James says. See, and, and I still don't like this scripture, but, but it, it's still scripture, so you can't take it away. It's just as scriptural as John 3, 16. And James tells us when we find ourselves in challenging situations, when you, when you are facing difficulties, he says, does anybody know what he says? Oh, y'all know that one? Count it. Isn't that the truth, girl? Count it all joy when you find yourself in these situations because it produces endurance. Well, if you're going to be strong, you're going to need some endurance. And so let me leave this here today with you. You are getting stronger. You're getting stronger. Tell your neighbor you're getting stronger. Okay, tell the other neighbor. Well, we got, about, we got about a third of you want to participate. The rest of you are like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. See, as we start to experience God's blessing in our life, this is going to help some of you today. Some, sometimes, and this is something I've discovered in my own journey, but as we, <clears throat> as we start to experience God's blessing and we see the fruit of, of the things of, of, of the Spirit changing in our life, it doesn't necessarily mean, now you got to get this today, it doesn't necessarily mean that life gets easier, just maybe you're just getting stronger. Things that used to be difficult are no longer difficult because you're stronger. See, when you follow the elders through the scriptures, this is the one thing that you see about them. The blessing of the Lord, it actually empowered them to be stronger. When you follow the people of the New Testament that launched the church, these guys went through some stuff, man. I mean, I, I'm sure Paul would have much rather written the letters to the, the epistles to the church from a luxury condo on the beachfront. Teal waters. Now, he had teal waters and palm trees where he was at, but sometimes he was in the teal water for days floating on a board, not a cruise ship. Yeah. These guys faced some of the most incredible, challenging situations that we can never even really relate to in our culture today in America. Man, we have it. We are so blessed. That doesn't mean that God's not going to lead you into situations that will... Stretch you. Can I show you a perfect picture of this in the Old Testament? In Joshua chapter 1. Now you all know I love Joshua. And I'm always quoting the Joshua 1.8 principle, right? So we're going to go to Joshua 1, but we don't want to start in verse 8. I want to back up a minute. Let me set this up for you. Joshua has served the prophet Moses faithfully. Moses, at that time in history, and probably still to this day, Moses, had, he pastored the largest church on the planet. Moses is a type of a pastor. And he's leading this group of people, the children of Israel. And I mean, they are a bunch of whiny, complaining, wandering in the desert, rebellious. Thank you, Jack. And then Moses graduates and moves to heaven. 
And God comes to Joshua and begins to have this conversation with him. And in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, he says this, Joshua, no man shall stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Now think about this. He said no man will be able to stand before him all the days of his life. But just, just a few chapters later, you see them facing battles, don't you? So he didn't say that you wouldn't face battles. He just said that no one will be able to stand against you in it. You will always come out victorious. So he says this because he knows what they're getting ready to send them into. And then in verse 6, he says this, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an, inherent, an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers. Verse 7. What's it start with? Only. What's that mean? Only. See, so he, he's telling him again. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the, the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Watch this. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Now, let's stop for a second. What you have to do, remember, you have to interpret Old Testament through New Testament covenant. So this is no longer some legalistic approach when it comes to the things of God. Now you actually have to, by faith, believe and trust God when he tells you to do things. Yes, he will tell us to do things from his scriptures that we are to do, but he will tell us things individually. Just like I've shared my story with you all many times. You all know I, I love you. You know that, right? But I didn't ask for y'all. I didn't even want to come here. Y'all know I, I, did, I told God, no, I didn't even want to be a pastor. I know I went to Bible college, but I'm like, I, I, was going to, I don't know what I was going to do, Cody. I went. Because the Lord told me to go. But I'm like, I am not pastoring them people, Lord. They're crazy. <laughs> now, not y'all, because y'all weren't here yet. I didn't know it was. Yeah. But I, I didn't. I had to have a knowing from the Lord that he was telling me to do this. To come here. And so, you will have those knowings, those leadings, those things that God's telling you, leading you to do. And when he does that, that's when it's your time to be strong and very courageous and step out and do the thing. See, there are some of you listening to me this morning. God has put ideas in your, in, in your soul that you still haven't stepped out on because you're scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lord, is that really you? No, the devil wants you to be successful in the things of God. Listen, guys. There, there will be times you will have to do it. He didn't say, when he told Joshua, be strong and courageous, he didn't say the fear would, would disappear. Sometimes in the middle of it, you got to say, okay, here we go. Yeah, do it afraid. Tell fear to shut up. We're going anyway. You, you coming with me, fear? Let's go, because we're going. Yeah. Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, your servant, commanded you. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then, say then. then. Say then. then. What, what does that mean, then? After you do what God said. Then you. See, a lot of people waiting on God to do something. Read the Bible, man. 
He said, when you obey the things of God, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. But you got to do something. And in this new covenant, it's not of some legalistic approach that you do it. And then verse 9, he says this. Have I not commanded you? Now, this is God talking to Joshua, who's getting ready to lead the children of Israel to go into the promised land and destroy people. I don't think you all understand what they're getting ready to do. These, these, these people aren't warriors. <coughs> they're servants. You know, they're just, everyday, like they're just everyday folks like us. But they're getting ready to go into this city according to what God had prophesied, this city that they didn't build. Houses full of treasures that they didn't, they didn't have to do anything to earn any of it. They're just getting ready to go take it. Now, you see, once again, you have to interpret this in the New Testament because you can't just go take somebody's stuff today. Right? Yeah. Well, Lord Joshua, they just went into a city. They just took houses they didn't build. I'm gonna, I've been wanting that house for a long time. I'm just going, Trevor, let's go. We're going to go take it. See, if, if Trevor goes with me, I feel a little bit more confident. We're going to take it. <clears throat> yeah. And then he says this in verse 9, have I not commanded you? And then he says it for the third time, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong. Amen. Be strong. Whatever it is today that you're facing in your life, the dream, the idea. You see, becoming a Christian, you got to understand something, guys. It's not just receiving this new life that Jesus died that we could have. It's actually living it. It's being on purpose. It's intentionally trusting him and stepping out in the things he's leading you to do. And I know for many of us in, in the American culture today, well, we're, Derek, we're pretty comfortable in life, man. We're set. we got good careers. Things are going well, you know. I'm comfortable, Tim. Lord, don't, don't be messing with me. I just want to sit over here with my four. And see, there are some of you today that God is going to lead. Now, listen to me very carefully. The book of Romans tells us this, that Paul, Paul he says it like this. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. What is? The gospel. What's the gospel? Good news about what? About Jesus actually dying and raising from the grave. You see, when you understand this reality, and here's the thing about some of you today about being strong, because some of you, you, you you're not strong because you're scared to witness to your friend at, at, on the job. You're scared to share Jesus because you're, you're more concerned about what they're going to think about you than trusting God that he's going to empower you and he's going to anoint you when you go share the gospel. He didn't say go correct them with five scriptures. But that's what we, we want to correct them with the Bible, don't we? Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the, the, the Bible police, the church police. Sinner! Let me hit you with my Bible. No, man. You know that junk doesn't work. But when you learn to be led by the Spirit of God, what happens is when that coworker walks into the break room, the Lord will put a situation in. When you feel that nudging, just tell them. Just tell them the gospel, man. Remember what we said earlier, that this is how the kingdom of heaven works. It's as if a man sows the seed. See, all God, all God is asking us to do at the end of the day, we are living epistles, according to the Apostle Paul. All he's asking us to do is be these living examples. And sometimes, you know, like one minister said years ago, preach the gospel every time you get a chance and when necessary, use words. See, many times your life will set the stage for you to speak the word of God into somebody's life. 
But you got to be bold enough to do it. Be strong and courageous. When the Lord puts it on your heart to go tell Guttermouth, the, you know, the co-worker that loves to drop all the bombs. The... It's amazing the culture we live in. They, they love cussing, man. I had somebody uh, send a message to us one day. Pastor, you need to stop getting on cussing all the time. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm defending my cussing. I'm like, you're defending your cussing. I didn't even know how to respond to it. I'm going to defend my cussing. Okay. That still doesn't make it, you know, attractive. You know, I know some people in today's culture, they're used to it. It doesn't even phase them because you watch it on TV all the time. So when somebody drops the F-bomb, it doesn't phase you. Yeah. I'm I like, what is wrong with you, man? When I hear that out in public, I'm like, what's wrong with you, man? Anyway, because I used to say it's a lack of intelligence. Tracy, she works in the public. She said, well, that's really, I, I know a lot of intelligent people that use it all the time. So it's really not a lack of intelligence. It's just a desire not to talk intelligently. I guess I should phrase it like that. Because if you got to talk like that to make your point, you got some issues, man. See, some people in today's culture, they think if they drop a few, a few colorful words, then we're going to listen more attentively. <laughs> no. I might, matter of fact, I might want to sl- No. <laughs> all right. So for some of you, be strong. Trust God that he's leading you in those situations to be a witness, to be an example, to be an expression of Jesus to someone. This is, you see, when, when it came to Abraham's, uh, his life, our father in the faith that he teaches us these things, many times in his situation, it appeared hopeless. It didn't look like he had a way out, but he chose to believe God anyway. Yeah. See, real God-inspired faith, you got to get this today. It's built on promises from the father. And when, and when we yield to them, man, it gives the Holy Spirit something to work with you all. And we find ourselves being stronger. Now, when I say this word, I don't mean in your boldness that you are this offensive, arrogant person. That's not what I'm talking about. Everything is driven by what? Love. Everything is driven by love. And so for us today, when we want to sow the seed, we want to be the expression of Jesus. You know, I mean, sometimes what you need to do when you have that opportunity is sow the seed and then walk away. Don't try, don't try to help the Holy Spirit do his job. The power is in the gospel. The power is in the gospel. All you got to do is tell people. The truth will go to work on them. You know, a lot of the stuff that's going on in our world today, you've heard me say this, everything, this whole thing started almost three years ago now. Truth always wins. You all know that, right? Always. So back to my original statement, chill out, okay? Quit being mean on Facebook. All right, let, let's, let's, let's get back to dealing with you for a second. Right now, today, what promise do you have from the Lord that you've embraced to the degree that you don't let anything sway you, that you don't consider the natural stuff? Do you have a promise like that that you're unshakable on? If not, then this means in your devotion time you get one. Because I promise you, God is leading everybody to grow and be stronger and do things for him to help advance the kingdom. That's our mission on the planet. We are his body while we're here right now. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be some of the most simple things that you do that help advance the kingdom. You know, my niece, Sam, she comes in here and cleans the church. And she's busy, man. She's got a brand new baby. And she's busy, but she'll come in here and volunteer for hours I know some of y'all thought just cleaning angels just came in and did, but no, she, she, she gives up her time to come in here and, and clean 
the church. Y'all messy, you know? Yeah. And so it's little things like that, but whatever it is for you, what, are you, what is the Lord leading you to do? Be bold about it. Step out. Maybe it's time you start seeing yourself. Now, now this is going to help one of you today. Maybe you start, you, you, you know, you got to start seeing yourself attempting something new, something different. For some of you, see yourself getting the breakthrough. See yourself overcoming the sickness, overcoming the situation. See yourself walking in victory in the things that, in your faith journey. Here's something that might help you. Now, as I say this, don't look at somebody else. Don't look at your spouse. All right? But for some of you, <clears throat> stop entertaining all the negative worst case scenarios. Stop going down that road, man. Some of you all, you magnify your problem so much, Jesus doesn't have any room to, to do anything in your life. Can we go a step further? Stop living your life just to avoid failure and disappointment. Stop doing that. See, the thing is, you're going to fail. One of the things that, that, that I learned years ago from one of my leaders is this. Learn to fail forward. See, one of the things that we strive to do around here is create an environment where people can, can, can fail and not worry about it when they fail. We got them when they fail. Because you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things wrong. So stop living to just avoid this stuff. Sometimes you just got to step out and try it. I remember years ago, Tracy and I, we were, we were still in college and rollerblades were a thing. It wasn't funny. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had a picture I could show you this. Now you, now, you all know my story. I wasn't an 18-year-old college student. I was a 32-year-old. No, what was it, honey? 30, 35. I was old. For a college student, okay? And unlike today that you can take your classes in your pajamas at home with your laptop, you actually had to go to the school, okay? So here we are. And they've got this beautiful um, park down by the river that's just big, wide sidewalk all over the place. And, and we're like, man, let's get some rollerblades. She used to skate. I, I didn't know how. Well, y'all know the end result, right? So, so I, had, I, had, I had all this stupid stuff. I had the elbow pads. I, mean, I, I, look, I, mean, I'm like, I look like an idiot. I'm like, and I'm out there skating and still busting my tail. See, sometimes you got to be willing to bust your tail. you got to be willing to fall flat on your face, man, and, and get up and brush yourself off. See, guys, you're born from heaven. If you're here today and you've given your life to Jesus, now, if you're not, we're going to help you in just a second. But for those of you that are born again, you're born from heaven. So stop thinking and stop saying that there's no way out of your situation. Yeah, but Pastor, I've been believing God for a long time. Oh, you mean like Abraham? You mean like a bunch of these people in the Bible? Yeah. Stop saying you can't do it. Stop saying there's no way out. For some of you, stop saying you've messed up too many times. How many times is too many? You're still breathing, right? Then you, that, then, and this is one of the things that the enemy loves to mess with people. Yeah, well, I've messed up. God will never forgive me. He's already forgiven you. The blood has already been spilled. 
Sin has already been eliminated. The cost of sin has been nailed to the cross. You are forgiven. Now, do you need to repent? Absolutely, you need to repent. The minute you mess up, run to God. The enemy will put thoughts in your head. You're not worthy. You messed up. God doesn't want anything to do with you. Oh, yeah, he does. He loves you so much, he killed his firstborn for you. So don't think for a second that he's not going to be standing there waiting on you. Yeah, but I've messed up so many times. Like he didn't know. Huh? Come on, guys. He knew how much stuff we were going to mess up. And he still sent Jesus. See, regardless of your current situation, he's not finished with you. He's still working on you. You're still the clay on the potter's wheel. Listen to the prophet Isaiah. I love these words that God spoke through Isaiah the prophet in verse 40, or chapter 40, verse 28. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. And he never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. Watch this. And he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fail in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. I love this passage. See, when everything around you is screaming, not this time, this is one of thousands of promises from God that should be on your refrigerator. It should be a go-to for you. God, you, you are the one that strengthens me. In you, I find new strength. I am strong in you. See, when, when we get to this place, what happens is it begins to reestablish our hope. And it begins to empower us to stand our ground. See, the book of Proverbs tells us that those who reverence the Lord that look to him, that honor him, will be confidently strong in their journey of faith. God told us in the book of Isaiah, the strength of the Lord, what it does is it glorifies God when, when we step out and trust him in that. See, God's counting on you becoming a stronger person. We're made in his image. We're made like him, yeah. That's why Paul said, stand fast in your faith. Be brave and strong. See, sometimes we just need to be reminded that as we grow stronger in Christ, there will be times when our life in Christ will contradict everything that humanity is screaming at the time. God said, yeah, but I made you this way. You can do it. You are an overcomer. But you got to start, guys, you got to start seeing yourself the way God sees you. Can, can I take it one step further? You also have to stop comparing yourself with someone else. Quit that junk. We're always looking somewhere else. You've heard me say this hundreds of times. The grass is always greener somewhere else. Okay, maybe. But that grass still needs to be weed-eated. still needs to be mowed. I know it may look greener from where you're at, but once you get up a little closer, mm -mm. yeah, still work, man. Matter of fact, if you got pretty green grass, you working. You just don't get nice grass. I've tried for years. I've, I've fought it for years, fought it for years. Just ugly yard. Takes work. See, your journey of faith, not legalistic works, but you have to work on who you are and trust in God as, and allow the transformation to take place. Proverbs tells us this in Proverbs 4, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory. See, your life is going, you're going to grow brighter as you stay the course with God. 
It's going to be recognizable. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. See, understanding God's word isn't just a light unto our path. It's also a mirror that the Holy Spirit will use, not only to show our current condition, but also to reveal our potential in him. You have potential today. I want you leaving here with this passion inside you that I'm, you know, that, that thing that you left years ago that, that you shouldn't have. Get after it. Well, I'm, I'm older. You mean like Abraham? <laughs> My man was 100, had a baby. <laughs> yeah, well, it was Bible days. What's that got to do with anything? Old is old. Even when the Bible says you're old, you're old, all right? And they said he was old. <laughs> I know we always, try to, we always try to manipulate the Scripture to fill our unbelief. Yeah, we got to quit that. All right, I got, Cash is here, so I got to get you out of here. The thing is, when he gets playing like that, I could. That's when I want to preach a little bit. But it's, it's Father's Day. I got to get the dads out of here. Listen, listen, y'all. You, you got to take them where they want to go. If they want ice cream, if they want supersized fries, hey, if they want a baconator, you better hear me today. Isn't that right, Joey? Bacon. I, we were driving by the other day. I said, she, she, Tracy was trying to, you know, I got, I'm married to the food police. Some of y'all are like, what's a Baconator? It's at Wendy's and it, it is wonderful. <laughs> she said, that is not good for you. We're not talking about good for you. We're just talking about leave the, just stop it good, all right? Yeah, I know. It, 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 but... So, so whatever dads want, let them have it today, okay? Here, let me get you out of here with this passage. Listen to this. This is out of the book of Hebrews. And once again, I want to use the message paraphrase. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way. All these veterans that are cheering us on. The more traditional writing says it like this, that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses people that have gone before us. See, guys, today I want you to understand something. The reason you need to be strong and embrace this is because you and I, we're still in the game. I've used this illustration many times before, but I still love it when I think about it. There are people in heaven, Cody, they want your jersey. You know, some people run around with Tom Brady's jersey on. They run around with Cody Ricky's jersey on. Huh? Number, what was it, number seven on the, church, on the field? Number one in your heart. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, sometimes I just have too much fun preaching, right? I, probably, I, should, probably be, I should probably be a little serious. <laughs> Listen, it means we better get on with it. Check this out. Strip down, start running, never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sin. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race that we are in. Watch very carefully. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Here's my point. So when you find yourself flagging or slipping or, or missing your, in your faith, go over this story again. Item by item, the long litany of hostility he plowed through. And that will shoot adrenaline into your soul when you see what Jesus did for us. It will allow us, in the words of the Apostle Paul, to be strong in the Lord. 
and in his power when he told Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And then the apostle John says this, you are strong, you are strong, and the word of God abides in you. See, the thing that you have to realize today is this, these people that we follow through the scriptures, they simply dared to believe God regardless of what they faced. They chose to put their trust in him and not consider situations and circumstances. <clears throat> Abraham didn't waver. And so today for you, when, when you leave here, you know, regardless of what you do outside of church today, have fun, all of those things, but leave here with this thought that you are strong in God. That God is on your side, that he is for you, that he has plans of goodness and success for you. All we have to do is follow him. It doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult sometimes. It doesn't mean you won't have up, uphill battles and you'll face challenges. And it doesn't mean that. But in the face of all those things, if you choose to trust God's way. Huh? But that means that you have to be part of God's family. You have to belong to, to the Lord. And I know that, um, you know, if you're here this morning and you've never taken that initial step of faith to give your life to Jesus... Well, today's your day. Maybe those of you listening or watching right now, that thought rolling around in the back of your head, yeah, that's the Lord. The book of Revelation says that he stands at the door of your heart and knocks. Even if we're not your style of church, if this is not what you want to hook up and be a part of, I get that, but you're here today and tomorrow's not promised to anybody. So take a step of faith today. Give Jesus a chance in your life. We have made it so simple. Just say this simple prayer with us. And according to the book of Romans, if you'll believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, the apostle Paul says, you shall be saved. So let's all say it together. You watching, listening with us right now, say this prayer with us. Stop what you're doing for just a second and say it. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Man. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.